Yeah, 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 we finally yeah, made it. Yeah, yeah, Everything has been building yeah, towards this yeah, one yeah, last yeah, showdown between yeah, Harry and Voldemort. Hogwarts yeah, will be the stage for the yeah, final yeah, battle, and it is everything we ever hoped for. Let's blow this popsicle stand with yeah, Deathly Hallows Part 2! Hello everybody and welcome to Harry Potter Week here on Fell Entertainment. This is a final episode. We've made it all the way to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Um, I have been Darren and you have been Michael as usual. Yes, we made it. We did. We've gone through seven movies of varying qualities. Some very bad, some kind of bad, some alright. But... We made it all the way to the end. This is the film we'd all hoped would be the one to dominate all the others. The one that made all of that story and all of that world building that we had to sit through. To watch seven movies to qualify for. That's a lot of build up for something to have to pay off. Yeah. Michael... Good God does it pay it off. Yeah, cards on the table. This movie's goddamn amazing. It's so good. It's so worth part one being essentially an apology movie. <laughs> We're sorry we have to do this to you, but you need to understand this stuff so we can enjoy the stuff later as so I just sit through it. This makes up for all of the things being awful. This makes up for all the things that they missed out from the books, the terrible kid acting and all that good stuff because, oh, it's such sweet, sweet, sweet revenge for Harry Potter and his friends. It's uh, it's pretty oh, rad, i got to say. delicious. And that's come from somebody who's only recently really got into the franchise and I still thought it was fucking amazing. So there we go. Well, it, well we, we're going to kick off um, with... Um, the um, the kind of the only bit that isn't really set at Hogwarts because I thought, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, this was going to be all Battle of Hogwarts. I thought it would end with the the first movie would end with the escape from Gringotts. The final shot would be the dragon flying over the sea, and then we get straight into things. Turns out they actually saved Gringotts Travis uh, a bit of an exciting opening. Yeah. Um, well, with... it, actually, the last movie ended on the note of. Um... Voldemort finally getting his hands on the Elder One. Yes, we didn't even mention that in part one. Yes, the final scene you see is him getting the Elder One out of the tomb of Dumbledore. Oh my God, Dumbledore has the mo- sorry Voldemort now has the most powerful wand in existence. More importantly, Dumbledore had the most powerful wand. Yes, we found that out, which was, which was cool. Um, uh, and but no, in, instead we're going to kick off with the attack on Gringotts. Um, we uh, we reintroduced to Griphook. He was actually played by Mini-Me in the first movie. Yeah, Van Troyer. Troyer. we now played by Warwick Davis, because, of course, he's short. He has to be played by Warwick Davis. Because um, Warwick Davis didn't have enough goddamn roles in this series. It's in the really. contract. Yeah, it is. Under the two versions of Flitwick, for some reason. Oh, that's always annoyed me. Yeah. Original OG Flitwick, I mean, must took a lot of makeup. But compared to, like, orchestra fucking Flitwick, much, prefer- uh, much more preferable. Uh, yes, we... We get the 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 kind of break the however haphazard it is the break in to Hogwarts, um, break into Gringotts. 
the breaking to Gringotts, which is um, with Helena Bonham Carter doing an impression of Emma Watson, doing an impression of Hermione, doing an impression of Bellatrix Strange. Oh God, I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah, exactly. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised, disguised as another, another dude. dude. Um, <laughs> and and it, it is a fine action scene. We get the bit in the vault where they've gone to get the last hawk, well, one of the last hawk cookies, which is the um, cup of Hulk Hufflepuff. Uh, because Voldemort wanted a piece of every single one of the houses. He didn't succeed in that one, because he didn't get one from Gryffindor, but there we go. It's got to be funny that it's, like, of all the things that they could do, that, like, it was the the lock, like, the pendant, the locket of Slytherin. Yeah. It was the, like, a tiara for Ravenclaw? A tiara, yes. And then Hufflepuff once again gets shafted. It's a cook. It's We're a ripping cook. off Indiana Jones. That's essentially what it felt like. Yes, we are. Um, so they get into the, the um, into Gringotts, into the bank, um, they're trying to steal it, but of course, all the the the, the coins have been set up to multiply when they uh, get touched. In yeah. the books, they turn red hot as well, so they start burning oh, at God. the same time. I thought that was that was a bit of a weird sort of uh, anti theft device for the for the vault. I thought it was going to be like shut and compress. I thought that well, it is going to compress them because they would eventually just fill up with so much that they'd be crushed by the weight. I get everything. that. I, I guess maybe I thought maybe they could rip off another couple of movies. They could rip off Star Wars and basically have the trash come back to see. Yeah. They could have done. Yeah. We get close enough for Creeper. They get out. They're under a track from, uh, from all the Green Gods security. And then they just decide to free the dragon that's down there and fly on, de- fly on out of him. For reasons. For reasons. It was a nice, you know, early action scene. We got the. How they haven't made. Oh, wait, you just said they have made the Green Gods escape into a ride. They now. have made it into a ride. I was going to say, that was it's a scream ride. Badass. Star. It's so good. For some reason, Voldemort and Bellatrix turn up on the ride. As you do. As you do. They kind of just go, we're here as well, and then that's it. But that ride is goddamn awesome. It's it's one part roller coaster. Well, it's two parts roller coaster to one part 3D movie, and it works amazingly. Now, I'm very jealous. Yeah. Um, it's pretty rad. It might seem like we've just glossed over a fairly hefty action scene. But I think we're okay too. <laughs> yeah, the Gringotts thing is fine. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's good. It's good. We're not saying it's bad. It's very, very good. It's just not the bit we came to it's see. It's not the Battle of Fuck Mother in Hogwarts, which is what we're all here to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, we finally get to meet Aberforth. We meet... Um, um, I can never remember his sister's name. Aya... Something Dumbledore, who's the one in the painting. Yeah. You may not have known that, but yeah, that's meant to be Dumbledore's sister in the painting. Oh, that's his sister? That's his sister who died at the young age. Now, if you oh. had the backstory, which is in the books, Aberforth basically blames her death on on, on um, Albus. Um, it, it's kind of shown that he's just a bit jealous being the younger brother of the great Albus Dumbledore, but there we go. Yeah. Um, we beat Neville, who now looks like a badass, even though he's still in a sweater vest. Yep. He's all cut and bruised. He's led the rebellion in Harry's stead. Fair fucks, Neville. Um... And we get, we get to go, basically we just dive straight into the Battle of Hogwarts, um, which is excellent. We we get to see the kind of militarisation of everything under Snape's rule. Um, we, we're in the assembly hall with everybody. Snape's saying Harry Potter, he's doing some Alan Rickman stuff, saying Harry Potter's here. Harry Potter, with his big old brass balls, just walks out in front of him. <laughs> yeah, there's no kind of attempt at being subtle. He's just kind of like, boom, what up? Now, the rest of the Order of Phoenix walks in behind him. That was right. There is a... Did you notice what Snape did? What was that? Harry fires two... um, Harry or or, um, uh, McGonagall fires two shots at him. McGonagall does. And he deflects both of them into the carrows. Yes, I did see that. 
So effectively, he was about. To, he knew he was about to leave the room. He didn't want to leave the Caros there to do any more damage. So he knocks both of them out, like Yoda knocking out the the guards before he fights Sidious. Because Snape is a clever, 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 clever bloke, and escapes. So he's like, right, here we go, motherfucker. We get. Uh, <coughs> so, whilst you're choking, and before we do that, I want to come to one of the lines that I felt could have been performed better, and uh, to give the final update on on where we think uh, our main trio are in yes. this movie. It's a line that that like I'd seen written down many times about this movie, and that people were were quoting it a lot. How dare you stand where he stood? Kind of felt like he flubbed that line. I didn't really believe it. How dare you stand where he stood? Like, well, I felt like that should have had more of like, how dare you stand where he stood? And then zap, I'm here, I'm Harry, fuck Mothering Potter. And it didn't. Bro, I'm up go. in this bridge. I will admit this is probably Daniel Radcliffe's best movie. Yeah. But he does have some good lines like, let's finish this where it started, Tom. Together. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's dumb. It's still not great. I, see, see, I, I did say we were going to come to the end of the, the, of the movie and, and kind of give it a wrap up, but... My opinions really haven't changed much. Hermione's still not likeable. Ron's still diminishing returns, and Harry's still not a great actor. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate that those are our three main characters. Yet we have the least to say about them. Right, but right. well, that is the point of a main character to kind of be a vessel anyway. But it's just they did fine. The early movies are dross because they're kid actors, but I have some sympathy for them there. Unfortunately, they're never able to make that transition into being really good actors. Now, Rupert Grint's basically dropped off the face of the earth. I don't know if he's a good actor right now or whatever he's doing. I presume he's on Broadway or something. Emma Watson, we, we're about to see kind of come back to prominence. Uh, she was in This Is The End, but even then she wasn't very good in that. Mm. Um, she's going to be Belle in the, new, in the Beast live-action remake. She, she so. was, she's been in a, a number of movies since. She's been like mm-hmm. in the perks of being a wallflower yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know. Uh, and Radcliffe just kind of like, he's now determined to get himself as far away from... Um, from Harry Potter. For example, this year he's two movies. He's A, playing a corpse at farts in Swiss Army Man. Yeah, that's And now he's one. playing a neo-Nazi. Yeah, that's mm. a thing. Now, Radcliffe, as I opened Philosopher's Stone by saying, I've always wanted to have a drink with Daniel Radcliffe. He seems like a top bloke of every con act. And that's very, very true here. Thankfully, there's so much going on that he does not matter at all. Um, we get to see the statues that all stand around Hogwarts. Finally, Love do something. that scene. Pier Totem Locomotor. Ah. <laughs> I don't like when we're going to go... I've always wanted to see that. I love I, that I, bit. I don't know. Just like, you, you, she's too happy. It's like, this is the fucking end of the world. I know. And you're but... like a giddy... And that's that because it's it's the warmth of McGonagall shining through even in the darkest hour. And like you've said that she's the wrong choice. That scene alone solidified that she was the right choice. But I was like, yes, that's McGonagall. I am happy. Okay. This is awesome. Um, uh, we get well, we we have a lot of showdowns in this. First of all, we get a, a final showdown between Harry and Malfoy in the oh, room yeah. requirement where they're going for the the lost diadem. It is basically a tiara, but yeah, the diadem of Ravenclaw, uh, which we. Is very prominently pointed out in the book version of Half Blood Prince is what it's hot what he hides the Half Blood Prince's book underneath is this funny like mannequin head with a funny looking tiara on it. So he, he does know it. He didn't just randomly find it by walking around some corners. Yeah, which is odd. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we get the final fight with um, with Malfoy with um, Crab and or Goyle. I think it's Goyle. 
No, it's crab. Yeah, it's, it's crab and, crab and, um, and blaze zambini. Yeah, because it's not goyle. No, no, we don't talk oh, about goyle. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he just disappeared. And crab sets off um, the um, the the frenzy fire, which kind of eats everything alive. Which can also destroy Horcruxes. Yeah, would have been cool if Dumbledore had actually taught them a spell on how. To, I know it's kind of uncontrollable, but that might have been a useful backup. Uh, come on, Dumbledore, for fuck's sake! Yeah, because you imagine if it was like the last one that we, we were like when you get to the last Horcrux in the movie, in the movie imagine it wasn't Nagini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it was just something that was like, well, we can put a fire. Well, like, we fuck this forest. Let's just get, we've got rid of it. It's done. It's done. We do it in the middle of the sea. We burn it. Done. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen to them, but he did, he gets to save Malfoy. Malfoy doesn't really get redeemed in this, but no, um, he at least saves Malfoy. He's not that he, he was. Gonna, well, Ron was going to plummet to his fiery death, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Ron, Ron's got like proper no nonsense, like fucking Billy Brass balls. I up to hit with Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean any of it. So we then get it now. There is a beautiful shot, which I didn't know about till I watched it recently. They they then run out from the room of crime, basically into the, the 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 bells of the of the Battle of Hogwarts with everything going up behind them. There is a reference in the. It's not. I don't think it's a one shot, but basically from one end of the courtyard to the other, there is a reference in sequence to every single Harry Potter movie. Really? Check this business out. Right. So they come out, and initially a troll attacks them. There's a trolling philosopher's stone. Oh, they get awesome. past them and they run over and then spiders start crawling over the wall. Yeah, yeah. The spiders in Chamber of Secrets. Um, they then come up on um, uh, Fenrir, Fenrir Greyback, who's the werewolf, werewolf from number three. He's also a Death Eater. They come back at the start of Goblet of Fire. He's eating nothing to brown. Um, they get rid of him. Then Dementors turn up. Oh, my Christ. Um, so they were a big thing in obviously they kick off Order of the Phoenix the Dementors and then they're on the way to go and find Snape who was the Half-Blood Prince that's actually kind of awesome they're fucking good stuff who knew that's beautiful um oh never get to talk about it Uh, you've been looking forward to this haven't you Oh, this... we can't just talk about how good the movie is. You need to delve into the frigging fanfic. No, no, this isn't uh, this isn't the fanfic. I'll get to the fanfic uh, probably in a, in a little bit. Actually, I know when I'm going to talk about the theory. This isn't the theory. This oh. is just my favourite. This is right. I've said a lot of things about J.K. Rowling where I've kind of pointed her shortcomings as a writer. Will point out I still madly love all the books. Maybe not all of the Phoenix, but I still love them all. And she has very, very strong points as a writer, which kind of I've just gone and mentioned up until this point. It's worth it for what they do with Snape. Yeah. The 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 Prince's Tale um, chapter, I think that's what it's called, the one where they go into Snape's memories, Yeah, is the best chapter of a book I've ever read. Of just like the light bulb moment of, oh my God, he was the good guy all oh. this fucking time. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Um, so yeah, we get the death of Snape. Um, Voldemort basically out loud says, right, the, the Elder One passes from person to person by way of defeating them. You killed its last master in Dumbledore, therefore you are the, uh, you know... The current the owner. Current owner of the Because he, he said, look, the older one isn't working for me. It's doing fine, but it's not doing great. I can do great magic without this one. I need to do even better than that. So it's time to die. So he shivs him and then sets Nagini on him to kill him. Yep. Um, Again, that it's kind of like, I imagine... There was some builder, but it, like most deaths in these movies... It's very unceremonious. It's shot... Okay, quite beautifully shot by the fact that it's 
from Harry's perspective as such. I've seen the snake just batter him. Yeah, just batter him against the window. Yeah, like I, mean, that. I was like, that's actually kind of awesome. In the books, he puts Nagini into like this bubble, a protective bubble, basically, when he finds out that um, Harry's getting rid of the Horcruxes. He, he feels, every time the Horcrux goes down, he feels it. And because it's happening regularly, he knows what Harry's up to at this point. So he keeps Nagini in this bubble, but to kill Snape, he just puts the bubble on top of Snape's head. <laughs> so basically, like the snake just engorges his head from the inside, like wraps it around like a call and bites him to oh, death. Shit. So thank God they didn't show that. Um, <laughs> Snape is then like dying. Harry comes in. He's crying his memory tears for yeah. the green vile, and he gets you have your mother's eyes. And Snape goes down. Now, up until this point, you think he's the guy that kills Dumbledore. You think he's a better, and you thought he was always the bad guy. They always thought he was. Until Harry goes back into the castle and puts the memories into the pensive, and we change the fucking game. Because we get to see that all along, Snape has been the bad guy. Not all Snape all has been times. the good guy. Snape has been the good guy, sorry. Not from all the... Not from... Some points he kind of went into the dark side because he was bullied and you know he had a, he, he wanted to know more about the dark side. All of his friends were in Slytherin, you know, like um, uh, Lucius Malfoy and all that. But all this time he's been in love with Lily Potter. That is the one driving force of his life that he has loved Lily Potter since he was like six years old, completely and totally. And when he he finds out about the plot to kill Harry Potter because he was the one that told Voldemort about the prophet. He was. Sneaking up the stairs, basically, when Trelawney was being interviewed for a post, Trelawney says the prophet out loud, and Snape hears it. He relays this back to Dumbledore. So he relays this back to Voldemort. Voldemort takes it as, it must mean Harry Potter. Snape then freaks the fuck out and begs Dumbledore to protect her. He doesn't really care about James. He didn't give two shits about James. Or even Harry to this point. But he's like, please don't let him go and kill Lily Potter. Dumbledore says he's going to do his best to do that. Um, but Snape begs him, don't. Tell anybody. And Dumbledore's like, you don't want me to reveal the best thing about you. That, you know, you're willing to spy on on Voldemort. You're willing to be, you know, literally the bravest man in the world and risk your life on a daily basis just to protect Lily Potter. And he's like, yes. And he's like, okay, I will do that. Of course, they get sold out of a worm tail um, and, and he dies. We get that wonderful scene of him going to... Okay, it's not wonderful because he hugs a corpse. But uh, yeah, no, I get what you mean. He goes back to Harry to the, to the Potter house. He just walks over James's corpse. You know, it's juicy. Yep. Doesn't pay any attention to Harry, but just cradles Lily in his arms, sad. And um, yeah, we get that that scene where he's just like crying, saying, "You didn't protect her. You didn't do all this." If, and but you need to protect. Her. Dumbledore tells him, "You've got to protect Harry." He's like, "Okay, I will do that." Cut forward a few more years. He's arrogant. He's an idiot. He's just like his father. There's nothing of his mother in there. And Dumbledore says, "I find him quite delightful." Um, and I can't remember what off the top of my head what like gets him to do this, but he's like, "Are you gonna hold up your word? You promised me all those years ago that you would do it. Why do you still risk your life to do this if you don't like Harry Potter?" And Snape fucking snaps and sends out the Patronus, which is a silver doe, the same as Lily's, and he says, "This whole time," and as Snape says. Always. Always. Oh my god. Snape like, was the fucking good guy all along, Michael. <laughs> he was the dog's boss. He protected the students at Hogwarts from Voldemort and the Carrows. He was the one that left Godric Gryffindor's swords in the hole. He saved Dumbledore. Dumbledore knew he was dying. He knew Malfoy was going to kill him, so he made a deal with Snape. 
do not let that boy kill you know kill me and split his soul in two and go down the path that Voldemort is. You are basically going to assist me in killing me. You have my express permission to kill me. You know that goes with no guilt whatsoever. I've told you to do it. You need to be the one to kill me. Fucking hell. That, that turnaround is just Im- impressive. Fuck. I, I've got to admit, I was actually watching it, and I, I think after all this time, always actually, I was like, I was like, I wasn't going to let it get to me, and I was like, oh, damn, that's good. That is impressive. It's. It's sorrow. It's it's just it's, it is beautiful. It is genuinely beautiful. Everything about that chapter is amazing. Because I didn't even mention like two very important parts. There's a bit where Snape comes to him and says, um, "Can you just protect Lily?" He doesn't even mention James and says, um, "Oh yeah, I've been on the dark side, but you don't know his power. He's more powerful than anyone can imagine." Please just protect Lily. I don't care about Harry and James. And he calls him a coward. He basically chews Snape's ass out. He's just like, <laughs> you fucking coward. Um, that's why Snape doesn't like being called a coward, because he isn't one. Um, and then there's also the, the conversation that he and Dumbledore have about Horcruxes. Where he said, you, if, I, I, Dumbledore basically reveals he's come to the conclusion that there aren't... Well, there's meant, he meant to make six Horcruxes with Voldemort himself being the seventh, because seventh is a very, seven is a very powerful magical number. Yeah. There's actually seven Horcruxes and Voldemort. The Horcrux he never meant to make Harry Potter. Yeah. And, oh, that's what annoys Snape. So I've just remembered. Snape's like, you've led him as a lamb to slaughter this whole time, knowing he had to die at the right moment. You've kept him alive just so he can yeah, do that. They, they say that, don't the they? It's like, like, so you're going to kill him? He goes, yes, in time I will. I'm like... The fuck? And that's like, when he goes. Dumbledore says to him, "Don't tell me you finally developed feelings for Harry. I thought you hated him. Yeah. Do you think I hate Harry? Silverdale it's Lily this whole time. Always. Yeah. Because um, she never left. And then he comes out of the pensive, does old Harry, and he's like, "Oh my shit, I have to die." He realizes that all of this has been a build-up to him, and then all of it makes sense. That's why he can talk to snakes. That's why he has a, a window into Voldemort's mind because he's a fucking Horcrux. So, no. And and the scene where he, like, directly after that, where he kind of stumbles out of Dumbledore's office. and The weight of realisation on yeah, his shoulders. And, and, he's, and he says to Hermione, like, we've no- it's the thing that we've known this entire time, but we've not mentioned. And everyone's like, oh, fucking no. Uh, That's heartbreaking. It's, it's better in the books. You think? He walks straight past him. How does it? He sees that, um, you know. Oh, we haven't also mentioned that prior to him running off to go to the, um, um, is it the pensive he goes to deal with? Uh, yeah, after he's taken care of the of the thing, they go into the Chamber of Secrets, one and a minor, to go and get the, um, to go and get a Basilix fan so they can kill the cook. Oh, yeah. And that's, of course, when they kiss. Yay! And we finally get Ron and Hermione together. There is a great <laughs> bit because it, it happens in a different place. Harry's with them when it happens in the books, um, and, and Harry's like, "Guys, mm, <laughs> <Yeah>. guys, <laughs> is this really the time?" <laughs> Sorry, you know, end of the world. We thought we might have to. That's when Harry gets the idea he has to go and find Ginny and give her a bit of a scene too, as well. <laughs> in the books, he walks straight past him. He's in the invisibility cloak. He looks into the great hall where we see all of the good people have fell. Fred has gone down. Yep. Lupin and, and Tonks yep. has yep. gone down. <laughs> Poor little Teddy. He's going to grow up alone. We never see Teddy Tongs, actually. No, we don't. That's a point. Yeah, we don't see that they have a son who's called Teddy and he's in the 19 years later flash forward. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, or at least he's mentioned. Anyway, um, 
they he walks right past and the only person he talks to is Neville because he sees Neville on the outside of the castle and he says I'm going to do something I'm not handing myself in because Voldemort uh, basically says if Harry Potter's handy the next hour I will let all of you leave if he isn't you will yeah. die Yes, yeah. and he says look I'm not going to hand myself in there's something I have to go and take care of you need to promise me something. Because at this point, there is only one Horcrux still alive other than Harry, and that's Nagini the snake. And he says to Neville, all you have to do, kill the snake. Whenever you get a chance, kill the snake. And that's it. And he walks off to his doom. Um, now, all the time in this movie, he's been trying to figure out how to open the snitch, which has the words, I open at the close, written on it. Um, they haven't been able to figure out how to do it this whole time, but he finally clocks. He steps, he talks to it. I am about to die. Pops open, and the resurrection stone is inside. Well, no, in the movie, he kisses it, doesn't he? That, that, so, that yes, reveals yes, but, that because it's it's the point where he made first contact with the snitch. Is the most important. Yes. He didn't grab the snitch in his first no. Quidditch game. He, in fact, inhaled it. But in the books, he says, "I am about, about to, to die. die," and it opens, and he gets the resurrection stone. He spins it three times. And gets the ghost of his parents, um, Lupin and Sirius Black back. That scene's awesome. And it is good. We finally get to hear Lily Potter and James Potter talk, which is fantastic. They get a little bit of closure there. A little bit of like that last push over the hill, like, don't worry, son, we're going to be with you the whole way. He apologised for Lupin for him dying and never getting to see his son grow up. And he said, it's OK, he'll know his dad fell for a good cause. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so emotional. It really Genuinely. is. Genuinely. I'm surprised, even I'm surprised as somebody who was not into this franchise going into watching the last six movies, how hard most of part two hits. Holy crap. It feels epic. Even it does. in its smallest moments. Mm-hmm. It feels big and important and meaningful, which is something that I don't think the build-up has shared. But Jesus Christ, does it pay off here. It does. So he wanders into the clearing, knowing full well what's going to happen. And once Voldemort doesn't do the normal villain thing of bragging and talking, he just wheels round, clocks Harry, and immediately Avada Kedavra's him. <laughs> yep. Dead. No fucking about it. Now we get to a scene. A okay. wonderful scene in the books. The thing we were talking about yes, last time. We've been building up to this, uh, who he's Dumbledore. Was he the person we all thought he was? Was he someone else? We get the King's Cross scene purgatory essentially yeah where the only three people there are harry gandalf the white and, uh, <laughs> gandalf the white. yeah essentially he is isn't he and um death makes you die it makes my whites whiter um, <laughs> and the fetus of voldemort's um soul yeah and Dumbledore, that was fucking frightening that was, was straight of guillermo del toro in the middle of that movie now it is a fine scene for reasons i'm going to explore in a moment but um, in the books, because of all this, he basically gets to explain away all the things he did when he was young. He said, I was young and in love. He didn't say in love, but I was young, I was passionate. I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to you know, achieve the, uh, that much. But I had, there was something within me that wanted it too much. There was too much pride there. I, I you know, did stuff I really shouldn't have been doing. And that humbled me. That's why I dedicated my life to teaching, because I knew I wasn't meant to lead. I cannot be trusted with power, so I took that option away from me. Um, yes, I had I had the elder one, but I didn't use it for nefarious means. I tried to be good, a good person, and actually, like, okay, Dumbledore was on side the whole time. Could have gone about things a bit better, but he was on side. And they have the talk about death and how it's you know a natural part of life, but Harry's not dead. You know, the only thing that died when he got hit by the Horcrux was the the uh, when he got hit by a Vatican was, was the, the Horcrux. Horcrux. 
Yeah. But, um, which, is, which is kind of a hoisted by his own petard moment for Voldemort, thinking that he'd won and just, ah, oh, fuck, I've really fucked myself fudge. over. And it's because it's, obviously when he comes back, it's just the look of horror in his face. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And we get the wonderful line where, you know, he's basically about to say, this is a train station, you can either come with me into the light or you can go back to the world and save it. And he goes, this is all happening in my head. And the world goes, yes, but why should that make it not real? <laughs> now, Michael, I'm about to henceforth with a fan theory. Oh, but no. But it is... The greatest. As if I haven't listened to you talking enough in this. I'm episode. sorry, Michael. I will. I will. I'm. I'm promising you. I will. I'll be quiet soon enough. There is a theory, right? That's tied to the Deathly Hallows. There's kind of two levels to it. In the interpretation of the story, which is death giving the three Deathly Hallows to the brothers, death is represented by Dumbledore who was, at one point, in possession of all three of the Deathly Hallows. That's true. And the three brothers are Voldemort, Snape, and Harry. Voldemort wants power, and therefore got the Elder Wand, wasn't ready for it. Snape wants nothing more than Lily Potter to be alive, so he would have been the second brother, getting the resurrection son. That's what he wanted. Harry Potter, being the smart fucker, wanted to live a long and happy life, and went with the invisibility cloak. Okay. He passes from father to son, like he did with James Finks. That's well and great. Nice bit of symmetry there. I think JK is cool with that. There is a second, more literal interpretation. Dumbledore is death. What? He isn't kind of like death or a pseudonym. He is death. That's why he's the most powerful wizard in the world. Because he's death himself personified. That's why he can appear in purgatory. Because he's fucking death. That surely isn't That's right, why though. he's ultimately wise. That's why he's all a bit mysterious, because he's basically leading these three brothers on a path to where they need to go. I think it's fucking mind-blowing. There are videos that go into it much more in depth, but I like to think of my Dumbledore as the literal personification of death. <laughs> That's why he can appear in Purgatory alongside Voldemort's soul, because he is the harbinger between the two worlds. He is Purgatory himself. Oh my God, Michael! Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe that does make sense for people who are way more into it and have read the books. For me, though, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. He's death. That, it doesn't make sense, though. But does it, it does, because no, 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 no. he's death. It makes sense in a, in, in, a, in a metaphysical way. It doesn't make sense that, like, this entire time it's been death teaching at Hogwarts. Then, mm. eh. Really, though? I love it so much. Fair enough. Like... It explains the purgatory scene. It explains the King's Cross scene completely in that that is death talking to Harry Potter through the guise of him being Albus Dumbledore. Oh. Okay, it's interesting. Oh. It's interesting. Please, I implore all of you, go and watch the videos. Right, we're ready to fan fiction mode now. Thank God. Thank you for indulging me in that. Right, we're out of the we're out of King's Cross. Harry's alive. Um... Yeah, um, that scene where uh, Voldemort leads the army of Death Eaters with Hagrid as their prisoner carrying yeah, the oh, corpse of Harry Potter. And it's all sad. And that kind of like the laughing scene of them like mocking the um, Hogwarts and saying, look, he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. He ain't ever coming back. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I said I wasn't going to wasn't gonna kill you all, but I'm fucking Voldemort. Yeah. And, then, and then Neville delivers... That really fucking good speech. Yes, we get the awkward hug between him and that Malfoy. Where it's like he doesn't know how to hug people, does he? 
Mm. He's like, well done. And and Malfoy doesn't want to be there either. Malfoy's no. also kind of realised he doesn't want to be on the side of Voldemort, which is no. interesting. He just walks off with his mum. Yeah. And Lucius runs behind them. Um, <laughs> fucking pussy Lucius. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and, and yeah, he gives the great speech of like, just because he's gone down, we're not going to stop fighting you. We will continue on. Because he's, of course, another candidate for the boy who leaves. He is. They're in the books. Now, that's a theory I like. Mm. That, well, that's the thing. He does actually destroy the last Horcrux. He does. So he's the thing that basically makes Voldemort mortal. So. Destroyed the last Horcrux, had parents that, that got ca- killed at the hands ah, of, hands of Voldemort. What? Neville's parents are alive. What? They just tortured insane. Oh, and, I thought they were killed no, afterwards. No, no, no. Benedict's just saying tortured them to the point of insanity. They're both in St. Mungo's uh, psychiatric hospital. Oh. You do go there at some point. You don't meet the Longbottoms, but you see Neville at the hospital saying he's visiting his parents. They also see, uh, I really wish you was in the books, I think it's in Half-Blood Prince. They go there and they meet, um, um, oh God, what's his name from the second movie? Um, Gildred Lockhart. They meet Gildred Lockhart and he's like, learned how to spell his name again. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so yeah, and he's like, I'm not, I know in the books, he puts the, Voldemort puts, he puts a body freeze on him, puts the sorting hat on him and sets it on fire. Tries to scalp the motherfucker. Jesus. Um, uh, but he, of course he's able to once Harry rolls out that breaks everyone's concentration oh my god Harry's alive um, he's able to take the hat off pull, pull the, the sword, sword to no, one of two people to ever be able to do yes. that by the way no I think that the interpretation I have in the movie where basically Neville's knocked out and through the fuzz of everything just going on like does this like this, basically the saving Private Ryan <laughs> yeah flying past him where Ron and Hermione the softcocks are not really dealing with Nagini all that well and it's up to Neville to give it the big old heave ho off with your head which is wonderful so Nagini goes down that's cool then we get cut to the Great Hall where Bellatrix is fighting off a fair amount of people. It's time for everyone's favourite line. Now, in um, in the book, she's actually fighting three people at once. She's fighting Hermione, Ginny and Luna and holding all three of them off no problem. He's about to kill Ginny when Molly jumps in the way and says, Not my daughter, you bitch! Not like, fucking get him, Molly. Because you forget that Molly's like, you know, not well thought of in the... Because, you know, she's quite poor. She's actually from a long line of successful wizards. Both of her brothers were in... The original Order of the Phoenix, and they were badasses. She's an incredibly powerful witch. And yeah, we get that. Now, in the books, this goes on for a while. They're actually dueling at the same time as Harry and um, Voldemort's doing, which all takes place in the Great Hall. Yeah. That there's no, like, they're not by themselves, Harry and Voldemort. They're in the Great Hall having the fight. And it's like, and then, yeah, gets her with. They don't actually say what spell hits her, but it's hmm. turned not to be uh, a Vada Kedavra. It's something else, but it still kills her. And that's when Voldemort loses his shit, goes, no, and blows everybody back against the wall, basically. Um, this is, I, think, I think because of how tight they were for time right now, I think some of those moments, whilst looking great, they could have been more fleshed out, I feel. Especially that fight between Molly and Bellatrix, that could have gone on for a while, in my opinion. I'd have been A-OK with that going on for a good like two minutes worth of them just back and forth. Would you, would you have been OK with... With everything taking place in the Great Hall, though, as opposed to giving the space needed for the final Harry Voldemort shoulder, I think so. I, I don't, I don't dislike that um, idea to take it away from the Great Hall, but it also allows for their speeches to be a bit more like tense because everyone's like leaning in, like fuck, and um, and and Voldemort kind of goes over the edge when his left-hand woman dies, and he's like fuck now. Um, Anyway, so so we get the final sign. It's basically the same thing, but Harry actually explains why the Elder One's not listening to him. He said, you were never the master of the Elder One because Snape was never the master of the Elder One. 
Draco disarms Dumbledore when he gets onto the um, the tower. So Draco became it. Then I stole Draco's wand. So that wand doesn't answer to you, Riddle. Tom Riddle. Yeah. It answers to me. That scene was and bad. No, oh, fuck you, <laughs> And like they both... There is that terrible shot of this one where they're falling down the thing. Yeah. And they're both their heads merging to one. That's which is weird. Goddamn stupid. Um... I mean, obviously, the whole parallel of like they are basically the same person on different paths, but like, but it's a dumb decision. It is. So yeah, we get the. It's probably about the only thing in this movie I actively dislike. Which, to to be fair, for three seconds of a two and a half hour movie, yeah, pretty impressive. It is. We get the meeting of the two ones, green versus red, and this time Voldemort with all of his Horcruxes is gone. We have a one that answers to Harry Potter and not him. The Avada Kedavra rebounds off of Expelliarmus hits Voldemort, and he's dead. Now, I actually prefer the book version of this. Maybe the, the, the separating of it is, is fine, but in the book he doesn't dissolve into like stuff which looks like fine. <laughs> the the line is, and Tom Riddle hit the floor like a human. <laughs> or something along those lines. He hit the floor as a normal man, not a you know the Dark Lord. That's so kind of they, awesome. They humble him by saying he's just a normal man. And they don't call him Voldemort. And it's Tom, Tom Riddle. Riddle and now he's dead. And everyone goes, <laughs> And everyone's happy. And there was much rejoicing. There was. <laughs> and it's good. Also, the cut out from the book, Hagrid throwing somebody clean across the Great Hall. What? That was... In the- I always wanted to see Hagrid get angry. <laughs> and just the scene of lovely old Hagrid just going full-blown giant and just hurling motherfuckers Could, could you imagine like him like grabbing a Death Eater, throwing it into a row of other Death Eaters, and everyone just coming in like... Because just... Hagrid... Sorry about that. Right, just before we finish off, uh, we have to talk about the oft controversial end to the Harry Potter saga. Yeah. Nineteen years later. Why is this controversial? I think people think of it like some of them just don't like the way they did the you know, they made Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson and Rupert Wynn look older. And the kind of like, you know, the expanding of the universe and how it's all like, everyone's got stupid names. Yeah, everyone's got stupid They're names. Like Scorpius Malfoy and um, Albus Severus, Severus Potter. Potter and yeah. all that other business. Like, they couldn't have just picked normal names. Like, all of them have to be like three names deep of like references. Yeah. Like James Sirius and, and all that good stuff. I can't, but they're Lily. The daughter's called Lily something or other. Oh, God. Uh, Lily Luna. Lily Luna. Lily Luna Potter. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Ugh. Whereas Hermione and Ron's kids are called Hugo, Hugo and Rose. Rose. Like, that's better. That's, that's more than... The, not Hugo, but... Um, I like this scene. I, I think if we get to meet all the kids, we get to see everyone was happily married. There's a lot of references dropped in the books, like they mentioned that Neville's now the herbology professor. Mm-hmm. Um, Luna married um, um, Ralph Scamander, Newt Scamander's like son or grand... I think it's his grandson. And all these wonderful things. Who, and we get to see that... off with Neville? Wasn't, didn't somebody pair off with Neville? In the movies, they put him with Luna. Yeah. But in the books, uh, it's with a Hufflepuff character. Ah. Who is mentioned, like, uh, Hannah Hannah Abbott, who's mentioned in passing. Um, and, yeah, we find out that Hagrid's still there. Um, <clears throat> you find out that, I think, McGonagall's been installed as the headmistress and all that good stuff. And it's just nice. And you find out that Harry and Ron joined the Aurors. Uh, Hermione was the only one of the three that went back to Hogwarts to finish her levels and then became, like, a, an upper-class person in the ministry. Mm-hmm. Ginny plays for a Quidditch team. Etc. Etc. I really like nineteen years after. I I got, kind of got emotional watching that. I was like, this is this is the end of the story. Like it 
could be a launching pad if they wanted to do a 19 years later series of books or You mean like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, We're going to see that in a few weeks. Oh, cool. I'm, uh, I've heard mixed things. I know. Uh, I'm in the middle of trying to get tickets because they're releasing some in, in a couple of months or in a couple of weeks actually for 2092. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I might get to see you by the time it's 19 fucking years later. So there we go. <laughs> hey, well but, done, Maggle. But yeah, I gotta admit this was an incredibly powerful emotional ending that was, for all intents and purposes, apart from the cursed child. The end of Harry Potter's story. A nice bit of circle booking. He'd been putting his own son on the um, on the uh, train. His, his son saying, I'm worried about being put in um, slavery and saying, you were named for two headmasters of this school and one of them was the bravest man I ever met and he was in slavery. You'll be okay. That was awesome. And I did, I did like the whole... Because I was like... Because obviously I've not seen that scene before. And I was like, fucking hell, where are we going now? And like, you get, you get to get ready to run at it. I'm like... Oh, ah. I see what's going on here. I it was it. very, very nice. I, I really I appreciated it. it. Right then, Michael, we've come to the end. We have. Final ranking for part two. I think we're both in agreement. It's the best movie. Easily. It's the Harry Potter war movie we all wanted and all needed. So that's fantastic. Um, overall thoughts on the series, Michael. Was it worthwhile? Um, I think for the movies that I hadn't seen, it is literally half and half. Order and Half-Blood were uphill struggles for me, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, does this get better? Both parts of Deathly Hallows I really enjoyed. I liked revisiting Azkaban and Goblet especially, because those, that, like I said, those are my favourite movies. The childhood memories of 1 and 2, even though they are dated, they're still, they're still good for what they are, and they serve an important part, certainly of our early formative years watching movies and critiquing movies like I said it was the Harry the Harry Potter movies was one of the first movies I knew off by heart line for line mm-hmm. so to come back and revisit them has actually been kind of awesome and finally finished the journey I should have completed at everybody the same time as everybody else in 2011 yeah. I'm five years late to the party but it's, you got there I'm getting that's there. all that matters um I I have gone on record to say that I actually I think I dislike more about the Harry Potter film series than I than I maybe like. But that's only because you have such a fondness for the book. Because though. I am more of a book person than I ever will be a film person. There's a lot of things I can critique. We didn't even go into here because they're just not interesting. Uh, of problems I had with these films and their interpretation of the books. But, you know, if you accept in your heart that you're never going to be able to translate a book very well because you've got so much more time in a book to really go over these things and flesh them out. There are good movies to be found here. I think... Azkaban, Goblet, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly House Part 2, all fi- all perfectly fine. That makes it a 50-50 split, but there's so many other trilogies I could think of that would love to have a 50-50 split of good and bad movies. Transformers would kill for that. Yeah. So just one fine, good, serviceable movie and... and four bad ones. Four shitstorms. Well, well, okay, three shitstorms. We don't know about that. With an impending shitstorm. Um, impending shitstorm. And, and, and stuff like that, so... I'm very glad we got to go on this journey, Michael. Okay. We still have Fantastic Beasts to... Um, come in, in a few weeks but michael yes i have something to finish off with you do you michael have been on a journey over these last eight episodes to watch all of the harry potter movies you've now clued up more than you ever was are you ready for a harry potter quiz oh my god no no before we do that can we just get our final um ranking order for the movies oh of course you can yes um so in, we are in agreement with shall we just go from the bottom up bottom up I think Order of the Phoenix is the worst movie. I think Chamber is objectively the worst one. Okay. I See, I just have so much of a hard time getting over how shit Order of the Phoenix is. I, th- I think Chamber's just 
so far removed from everything that I can't I can't watch it and be um, nostalgic to the same level I am to the first one, mm-hmm. and I can't in in great reference say this is one that you need to watch because it's utterly for, you know okay. apart from the basilisk. You needn't watch it. See, I think Philosopher's Stone is a worse movie, so that's why I think Philosopher's Stone would, would sit in the seventh position. Whereas you already know my seventh, it is Order of the Phoenix, you've already said it. Oh, okay. It's a pretty bad movie that I think was actually coherently put together, but that doesn't make it enjoyable. Oh, okay. Um, I would then go with Deathly Hallows Part 1 in um, position number 6. In 6 for me, I mentioned it already, it's Half-Blood purely because it's an hour and a half of fucking nothing happening to the same level that nothing happened in order, but saved by a pretty memorable final hour. I put Chamber of Secrets at number 5. And Philosophers is at my number 5. Again, that's probably due to nostalgia, but you know what? It's it's the it's the one that kicked it all off. I have to give it credit. Uh, right, where are we? Number four. That is where I'm going to put Prisoner of Azkaban. I like the tonal shift it represented. Um, really start making these movies at least watchable. Absolutely the same there, I agree. Azkaban is the fourth best movie. Mm-hmm. It's the one that I was reintroducing into the franchise with. The one that I thought, this is where the tonal shift begins. And I genuinely enjoyed it and thought it was a very well put together family movie. Um, I'd say Harper Prince sits at number three for me in the bronze medal position. I like I like the story it goes into. I, I, I like the exploring of the world. It does a lot to flesh out the backstory of of, um, of Voldemort and there's some nice action in there as well. And the big twist at the end, of course. Yeah, but, but bronze medal for me goes to Deathly Hallows Part 1, which is a very controversial opinion, I think, mm. for most of the fans as well. But I genuinely think that because, as you said, it needs to do all the setting up of part two and how good that is, I don't think we can ignore how important it was. It was a very, very well put together movie. I mean, I'm surprised this one wasn't put up for, you know, Oscars of cinematography. It was very beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Some of the best character progressions of the entire franchise and the the low point and the beating down that we needed to experience the elation of the highs in part two. Okay. Number two for me is Goblet of Fire, my favourite book. Translated into my second favourite movie, I think, because of it, it's changed in tone, it's changed in the kind of story structure with the Triwizard Tournament, and, you know, really hitting home the, the kind of macabre ending. I like movies with bad endings, apparently, with both Phoenix, but like, uh, uh, Harper Prince and Goblet of Fire being this high, but yeah, The Return of Voldemort, well worth the wait. Yeah, I agree. Goblet of Fire at number two. It's the, it's the Empire Strikes Back of this series, uh-huh. the direct half point of the story. It ends on a downer note. It sets up for the ramping tension of the final four movies. It's the one that I actually ended my first half of the Harry Potter revisitation of, and it's where I pick back up again. I love it. It's a really well put together movie. And again, number one, we're both in agreement, Deathly Hallows Part 2, the Harry Potter war movie we all hoped it would be fully realised. The most satisfying of the movies by a long shot. There was no competition. It had to be Part 2. Not at all. Right, the rules of the quiz, Michael. Oh, God. I have 11 questions for you. Oh, no. Might seem odd. But for every two you get right from questions one to number 10, we'll earn you a clue for question 11. Right. You'll see why that's important in a moment. Right. They get progressively harder. Okay. Question number one. Yeah. What are the three unforgivable curses? Oh, God. <laughs> not a great start. Uh, it's not. Havada Kedavra. Which is? The killing curse. Yep. Crucio. Yep. The torturing curse. Yes. Ah, uh, you can just tell me what it does. I will. Uh, you don't need to tell me the name. 
Um, oh no, um, I'm trying to think. Think of the spider. He flies about, but like, what is he doing to that spider? I don't know. I have to give in on that one. It is the imperious curse. It controls people. Oh, he was controlling. Controlling. Uh, yeah. So that's a and big old X next to that one. Damn it. What do Wingardium Leviosa, Alohomora, and Sectum Sempera do? Individually. Okay. Um, Wingardium Leviosa. Levitation. Yes. Alohomora. That is opening of passages. Uh, unlocking doors, unlocking yeah. Doors, yeah. And Sectum Sempera. That is, it's like a, it's like a shivving. Yes. Well done, Maggle. Yeah, I actually got one. it right. Yeah. You got that one right. Uh, we're going to put a big old yes next to that one. What were the four nicknames of the Marauders? Oh, uh, God. Written on the, the Marauders map. Wormtail. Wormtail. Uh, what was James Potter's nickname? Um, uh, <laughs> so you got a name. you still got James, Sirius, and Lupin to name. Um, I can't do you it. You want to skip? They are Messrs. Padfoot. Uh, so Messrs. Mooney, Padfoot, Wormtail, and Prongs. Prongs, I knew Prong, that one. Prongs is, I wouldn't have got that because no, okay. I, I got, I would have gotten two if I'd have actually got okay. my head screwed on. I wasn't prepared for this. Question number four. Oh God! Name all seven Horcruxes. Oh shit! Okay, here we go. Tom Riddle's diary. Tom Riddle's diary. Harry Potter himself. Harry Potter himself. Uh, Salazar Slytherin's locket. Yes. Helena Hufflepuff's cup. Yes. Uh, Rowena Le- Ravenclaw's tiara. Yes. Nagini. Yes. Oh God! What's the other one? I'm doing really well. What's You're doing the other really one? Well. Come on, man. Oh no! Um, sh- think Dumbledore. Shit! Think Dumbledore. Yeah. What? Think Dumbledore. Dumbledore had it in his possession at one point. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh the ring! The, the ring! Ring! Well done, Michael. Yes. Bagel. Okay. Question number four. Whose ring was it again? Uh, it was Slytherin's. Oh, Slytherin's uh, ring. Slytherin's ring, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, because he failed to get one from Godric. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Question number five. What, were the, what was the Dursley's house address? Number four, Privet Drive. Woohoo! Yeah, Privet Drive. 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 Yeah, Privet Sorry, Dumbledore's previous post at Hogwarts before he was headmaster. Previous post? Yes. Oh, my God. What did he teach before he was headmaster? Oh, no. Oh, this, you're not right. This is, this is a deep pull. This is a difficult one. Um, oh, no. Um, you want to pass? No, I'm going to play. Okay. <laughs> but it's going to be a total guess. Go on. I'm trying to think of what subjects there are. Fine. It is a subject you would have heard of. It's not like a very obscure one. I forget the title of the post, yes. but I'm going to say who teaches it in the movie. Yeah. If I get that, will I get I'll it? I'll give that to you. It's the same one that Hagrid did? Care of Magical Creatures? Yes. No. Damn it. He was the Transfiguration teacher. Oh, so he, he was replaced damn. by McGonagall. McGonagall. Uh, right. What is Voldemort's full real name? Including uh, his middle name. Tom Thomas Malvoro Riddle? Yeah. Well, yes. it's Tom, but yes, I'll yes. accept that. Uh, f- any five members of the Order of the Phoenix. 
Any five members? Any five members. Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. Ramus Lupin. Ramus Lupin. Sirius Black. Sirius Black. Nymphadora Tonks. Nymphadora Tonks. And Arthur Weasley. And Arthur Weasley, yep, great. Um, and, oh, this is a good one. I don't know if you're going to get this due to your lack of knowledge in the area. Any character from the books who yeah. isn't in a film. Isn't in a movie. Doesn't make it in any of the movies. Luke Scamander. No, no, he doesn't actually appear in the books. Someone who was in the books, oh. as a, as a, who appeared as oh, a character okay. in the books, that doesn't make it into any of the eight Oh, movies. shit me. This is not my area. Um, I thought I'd found the easy way in then, because technically Scamander is mentioned. There's no easy way out. <laughs> There's no shortcut. Damn it, I thought I was going to skip you past I must admit, this is a dif- the most difficult question on here, until we get to question 11. Yeah. Um, you can skip if you want. Um... I'm going to have a think. There is one character who appears in basically every single book that doesn't make it into the movies. Right, okay. He's a ghost. He's a ghost? He's a ghost. I was going to... Um, you say ghost and I didn't always, always... But don't let that throw you off. You can think of someone else than, than yes. Um, what's his name? Um, it's the... what? Is it Charlie Weasley? Does he not appear in the book? I mean, the movies, rather? You know what? What? I might accept that. Really? You do see a picture of him... In the in the, on a on a family picture of the Weasleys there in Egypt, but he doesn't show up. But he right? doesn't show up. He's never actually in the movie. Do so I get you that? You know one? what? It might be a bit of a, a bit of a cheat, but I will give you that. One. There's an easy way <laughs> out. <laughs> you could have had Peeves the Poltergeist, ah, who's in every single book, but not doesn't make any things. Uh, you could have also had. I've just thought of one. I've completely forgot who it was. You could have had Winky the House Elf. <laughs> I wouldn't have got that one. Who's who's in um, Goblet of Fire, oh. and she's the one um, accused of. Um, oh no, sorry, all the things. She's the one of accused of lighting the dark mark above the um, Quidditch World Cup, which is actually Barty Crouch Junior. Um, and there's probably some other ones that I'm forgetting, but uh, we'll, we'll. Oh, and Andromeda Tonks. Oh, okay. Who's Tonks's Tonks's mom? Tonks's mom, yes. Well, or, or, Teddy or Teddy Lupin. Or Teddy Lupin, yeah. Or Teddy Lupin. But well done, Charlie Weasley. I'm going to take that. Right, now, so how many did you get right? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven out of ten. So got to admit, that's you, not bad. So that gives you three and a half clues. <laughs> we just came to it as three. So this is the big one. Okay. Can you name all 13 characters? Right. Characters, not actors. Yeah. Characters who appear in every single Harry Potter movie. Okay, you can't cheat and give me the three obvious ones. No, I'll just, just I'll say them then. Oh, okay. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Hermione Granger. Hermione Granger. Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. Are we counting flashbacks? Yes. Albus Dumbledore. Yes. Se- Severus Snape. Severus Snape. Uh, McGonagall. No. McGonagall doesn't appear? Not in Deathly Hallows Part 1. You're kidding. Which is a big spear through a lot of characters, but no, McGonagall isn't in Part 1 of Deathly Oh my god. Okay, Rubius Hagrid. Hagrid. Uh, Let me think. You've got the the big hitters. There's some some fairly obvious ones. Molly Weasley? No. Really? What you want she not in? I can't remember, but she's definitely not in. Okay, so obviously that means that the the, the, the other Weasleys are not also... Ah! Fred and George. Fred and George. That's two. Ginny. Ginny. Yes, I'm getting there. You've um, got four more to get. Do I have to do... No, way. I was going to say, do I have to do animals, but Hedwig dies. Um, yeah. Shithouse. Uh, who else is in the very start? Not Lily and James Potter are in every movie, are they? 
Oh my god, you found the golden goose. L- James isn't. Lily is, is the one that no one ever gets. She yeah. is in every single movie because you always see the flashback of Voldemort shooting her. Yeah. So, oh my god, you've pulled Lily Potter out of the bag. <laughs> Fair fuck. Sort of fucking okay, you've Godric got there. Three more to do. Lord Voldemort? No, not in Azkaban. Oh, yeah, of course he isn't. Hmm. Hmm. Are we counting? Are we counting Peter Pettigrew because he's the rat? No, because he's not in part two of Deathly Hallows. Oh yeah, well, yeah, he gets killed, doesn't he? You do have free like if you have free clues if you want to use them, or if you want to try and do this without using the clues, <laughs> that'll be super impressive, and everyone on this podcast will be amazed. Give me one then. I'll give you a clue. Okay, um, two of them are in Gryffindor. Two of them are in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. That's one of my clues. Two of them are in Gryffindor. Shit. Uh... Neville Longbottom? Neville Longbottom. Seamus? Seamus fucking Finnegan. Well done, Michael. I have one, one left to get. One more to do. And I have two clues. Yeah, because Seamus is the one that everyone forgets as well. Lillian Seamus are the two ones. Seamus appears very, 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 very briefly in How Deffy House Part 1 on the train yeah. towards Hogwarts with Ginny and Neville. No which way. Which gets them in as well. So fair fucks again, Seamus. I'm one well character done. away. You're well one away and it's a well-known character, so you'll get this. Oh, okay. Can you have, have two more clues left. Can I have another clue then for my um, last remaining character? If I tell you that one, you're going to get it straight away. They are in. They are in Harry Potter's year. They're in Harry Potter's year. Yes. Oh God, they're in Gryffindor and they're no, in Harry. You've got the two in Gryffindor, Seamus and Neville. They're not in Gryffindor, but they are in Harry Potter's. But year. this person is in Harry Potter's yes. year. Yes. And they're in every movie. They're in every single movie. But they're not in Gryffindor. But they're not in Gryffindor. So they are either in the, well, one of the other four houses, obviously. The other four houses, yes. Shit. Oh, God, no. I can do this. I can you have the, the last one. one. You've got one more clue. Give it. Give me the last clue. They're in Slytherin. Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Yes! <laughs> and Michael does it. How you got Lily Potter on them. That was the one I even <laughs> I was like... <laughs> so when, when, when we rewatched it me and my girlfriend we were like well Lily Potter's apparently in everyone every time she turns up Lily Potter <laughs> <laughs> well done Michael I'm very proud of you Woo-hoo! you did very very well right and that is going to bring um, the well this part of Harry Potter week to a close we've now covered every single movie um, I'll let you plug away first Michael right I'm just reeling from that I can't oh, believe huh. I did it uh, yeah you can go to fansterma.com where we are slap bang in the middle of 30 days of stuff, that means a new piece of content on the website every single day, whether that be an article or a podcast, we've got one every day in November. You can go to Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud and Minds under the username Fauliente, that's F-O-U-L-E-N-T, for more updates from us. And of course you can follow me on Twitter, at that Mike Owen, the now undisputed champ of Harry Potter apparently. Darren! Uh, yes, you can follow me on Twitter at the Guttridge. Um Please go check out all of the Harry Potter movies we've reviewed for your delectation. Um, we, of course, are only uh, maybe even a few hours away from living in a world where there are eight Harry Potter movies. We're about to live in one where there's nine. Holy shit. Of course, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find is what we did all of this Harry Potter um, week in the build-up to. It'll be out very, very soon. We'll be watching it ASAP and getting that review to you as well. Um, details will be on if you go to our Twitter accounts you'll be able to find out when that review 
will drop. Thank you so much for listening to Harry Potter Week. If you liked us, please do go and share this out on your social media screen. Just give us a comment, send us an email, drop us a, a, anything you want to do to let us know what you thought about Harry Potter Week. Um, if you liked our stuff, of course, you can go listen to our Star Wars Week that we did last week in the build-up for Force Awakens. We'll now get the gears turning on what week we're going to do next year to build up to something else. Uh, but yes, Thank you so much for listening to my little pet project of Harry Potter Week here on Fairland Entertainment. We hope you liked what we laid down, and please do stick around for our fantastic beast and where to find the review. Goodbye, everybody! Thanks, everyone. Bye!